Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey, I want to welcome everybody to a new edition, a new episode, a new day on the Victor Mark Show. Okay, I'm really excited because this is the first time I'm having my sweet bride on the program. For those of you who don't know, I'm a married man. 32 years to this gorgeous, godly, courageous woman right next to me, Eileen Marks. So, babe, Shug, honey buns, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for finally having me. <laughs> I saved the best for last. Thank you. No, one of the reasons why we decided to have my sweet bride on the program is you and I just got off the border, Texas and Mexico, and we made a video because of things that we've seen, and that stuff has gone viral. Um, by the time you listen to this, it's it's who knows where it's going to be in the hundreds of thousands of views or maybe even millions. We're, we're, folks, we saw and witnessed things firsthand that were you prepared for? I was not prepared. I mean, I know that we knew there were people coming across. We knew there was trouble at the border, but I was not prepared, especially for the children, to see, to see what we saw with the children. So stay tuned. Because we're going to share some very important information, um, just pretty much bottom line up front of what's going on regarding the problem, the solution, and even secondary solution. So thank you for listening to today's broadcast of the Victor March Show. Well, hey, welcome back to the show. Victor Mark's here with my co-host and interviewee. Er, Eileen Marks. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, this past week, All Things Possible Ministries spent time on the U.S. Southern border of Texas and Mexico to experience the situation firsthand. And we want to share what we learned with everyone today. Uh, we'll be creating a series of articles with detailed information on the crisis, the cartels, the kids that embroiled in a complicated and tangled mess that will take some time and effort to uh, really unwind. Make sure that you are signed up on our Deb Premium. That's our daily intelligence brief. Go to victormarks.com forward slash brief. This is information that we send to your inbox of your email daily uh, through our analyst of what's going on in the world, in our nation, where you live. It matters. You need to join the tens of thousands of people that are on it right now. But Eileen, thanks for being on the program today. Now You're welcome. Yeah, just like the intro, uh, you know, we were not, I don't think we were prepared to see uh, and experience what we did, but we were grateful to be really on the tip of the spear on the front lines, right on the water in several observation posts and witnessed firsthand well, let's start with the the gunfight. It was a, a you know between the cartels. Yeah, the cartels. Were, yeah, they were getting busy, and it wasn't just little cap guns. They had it. They 
Oh, yeah. There is some explosions. <laughs> yeah. There's some good money spent on weaponry on that side as we're listening and watching it. And then to watch and witness rafts coming over. Now, all of this happens at night, uh, oftentimes wee hours of the morning, under very, you know, intense, you know, circumstances, whether heat or, or cold. Uh, but it, it was just surreal to see these little rafts come over, and they're, they're overloaded with people just trying to cross. In some areas of the river, the Rio Grande, it's deep enough where people drown. They don't make it, you know, especially children. Were you shocked at the, the little ones that we saw? Well, we, had, we saw babies, mm-hmm. eight months, nine months. What was always very present in my mind is that the cartel was watching us. They had eyes on us. Yeah. So, and then finding out that they don't want to blow the relationship that they have, so they're not going to aim weapons at us. However, if we interrupt their whole process, they wouldn't hesitate, would oh, they? Oh, no. No, they'll, they'll kidnap or kill. Uh, they do it right now, but they want to, you know, this is what's interesting. This problem, we believe the Mexican drug cartels manufactured a man-made humanitarian crisis on the southern border to overwhelm U.S. counter-narcotics and border patrol efforts so that they can smuggle more drugs into the continental U.S., the organization that they have is staggering, and there's three different cartels, but it's staggering the amount of steady flow of migrants to the southern U.S. border. Uh, and it, folks, it doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon. So with policy missteps on our side, political infighting um, in America, we're not helping this situation. So I would say this, it's important to get first hand information, not a false narrative from media or the government. Uh, There's a reason why at this time uh, that we're recording this, Vice President Kamala Harris has not been to the border. There's absolutely a reason. Uh, My personal thoughts, victim marks only, they know and are allowing this to happen. I believe they're in some type of cahoots with the cartel to allow not necessarily the drugs, but certainly the people to flow in. And let's start with the folks. Now, I'm a patriotic, red blood American, served in the Marine Corps, won our borders, tighten and strengthen and secure, and still think they should be, which the answer to that is definitely more wall, more people, and more technology to be able to secure our borders from the forest characters, from drugs and whatnot. But folks, I was the humanitarian side, the Christian side of me, uh, the heart of God was definitely touched to see innocent people who endured much suffering in order to get to the border, pay money. And when I say endure suffering, we know that there are rape camps. We know that women and children they're subjugated to evil people's will. There is no way to fight it. There's no way. You just do what they say. Not all make it, but to see them cross over, weren't you touched, babe, of just, I don't blame them. No. Right? No, I, I don't blame them either because you and I, I mean, 
if we were in a situation, we were in a country that was in dire straits, and we had an opportunity to get to a country that would welcome us, give us money, and uh, provide shelter and safety, of course we would do that. Those of you in California who are leaving in droves, think of it like that. You're, you're wanting to get out of California because of, well, what it's become. Uh, think about families in third world countries like El Salvador, Guatemala. Uh, everybody thinks it's just Mexico. No, it's, it's South America, Venezuela. Listen, you, you would want to provide for your family. And it is known that America is accepting people. So right now, the current turnaround at the time of this taping is once you cross over, you turn yourself into Border Patrol because they are. They're, they're not necessarily wanting to sneak away. Many are like, yeah, you're taken in, processed, and within five days, you're released into the U.S. on your honor system, meaning we trust you to go to an immigration office and try to process for asylum or, you know, immigration status. It's the honor system. But we saw firsthand uh, moms, dads with kids, nice people in the airport with their manila folder, sometimes with government clothes like a jacket or shoes or whatnot, flying to locations that we, as our American government, paid paid for airline tickets to different places in the U.S. And there's a lot of speculation of why we're doing this. Well, one, practically, they're overwhelmed. They've released over 50,000 people on the honor roll system, on the honor system that they'll turn themselves in and really process once they get settled in. Um, They're equipping them. That's why I say, listen, folks, you can't blame the migrants, the good, innocent people. You can't blame them for wanting a better life. That's the wrong place to put your anger. You know, send them back. Don't no, no. You need to segregate who is good and innocent and trying to cross into America. And then who are the nefarious characters? The drug dealers, the traffickers, the nefarious characters. Those are people that should be caught, prosecuted, sent back. Um, well, and I would even say some of our leaders in our governments are also responsible for this. Oh, no doubt. So... I have to tell you, before we went there, I was pulled into this idea of, I don't want our country flooded with migrants, but then seeing them firsthand and looking at the little faces, it's like, well, what are they supposed to do, right? They have traveled so far. Where are they coming from? What are they going to do? I don't know, but I do know this, that they're the innocent ones. Mm -hmm. They're not the ones that we need to be angry at. No. Now, we don't believe every person that comes to our border should be let in. No. We, we believe a legal process should be put in place like we've done forever because America is a melting pot. We believe all people have a right for an opportunity to come to America and to become American citizens. So let's talk about those that are already here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are looking to work with an organization. We're keeping things quiet right now that will, once we reach, because our goal is reaching first point, contact, first contact with these individuals, these uh, women and children coming into the country, we give them water, food, line and lambs, which of course are our trauma toys that you instantly 
Presto Paul play, it's a relaxing music, Lord's Anxiety, and it has scripture. It literally has the gospel in it. And because of y'all, uh, I mean, we just took a thousand down and we're, we're going to have to, uh, we know our next shipment, we're going to make 30,000 and we could use help with that. I, I think a $10 donation uh, will get that little packet into a kid, uh, a, a young person's hand. But this is a way for us to have first contact, share the gospel, show love. And then this organization or more that we're working with need to do follow-up wherever these people go, need to do follow-up to help them become American citizens, patriotic, and, of course, understand the responsibility once they are citizens to vote the right way because it's a trap they think they're being let in but once they get sucked into this false narrative we absolutely know the the democratic party doesn't care for them most people don't care unless you're you know voting their way but we this is where the church can step up love uh, help Uh, in this organization we're talking about there's a couple that we're going to work with we we want to teach them English, right? We don't want them to become victimized. That's that's where ATP really comes in to protect kids, children, women from being trafficked and used sexually and, and otherwise. So you guys, we need prayer. This is not a small undertaking. We, we absolutely need prayer. But that's that's one of the things that we're doing. We're, we're going to get um, – there's some things we can't share just for security reasons, but no – that we are establishing a base of operations. We're expanding our work. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who has been supporting both in prayer and support. We've seen more donations come in. We can only say that people are filling the heart of God. I mean, that's to take care of the orphan and the widows in their time of need. And when we say orphans, uh, one night that we were there and we made a video, the video that's gone viral is there was a nine-year-old and an 11-year-old, two sisters that had traveled from South America a month and a half and by themselves. How did that impact you to see them? I, I'll tell you, I was not prepared um, to get their response because they both held on to me. Yeah. They're looking at me like a mommy that is safe to them. Yeah. I that, that broke me. That was that was very challenging. But I have to tell you, you know, I look at this as a humanitarian issue. And as believers, it is very clear what we're supposed to do. And it's in Matthew 25, it talks about, you know, Jesus is saying, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison, the whole scripture. And, and, and the people say, when will you that way? And he says, in as much as you have done it for the least of these, you've done it to me. And I see these children and babies as the least of these. Yeah, That is what we're supposed to do. And that's what changes this. This is it, So it's no longer political. It's no longer, it's humanitarian and it's God's heart. That's why we're doing this, right? And folks, we've done this all over the world. Now, what's interesting to me is people who have fought in, uh, when Trump was in office and, you know, fought about the cages and, you know, want open borders, liberals and left and all that. Okay, great. That Everybody's entitled to what they believe. But where are you now? We haven't seen a man one of you on the border. We haven't been contacted by any liberals or Democrats 
or leftists to say, hey, y'all are helping. Y'all are helping those that we want to help. Let us help you. Not one has reached out to us. And that shows the hypocrisy in all this. And again, I we believe faith without works is dead. And this is something that God has put our hand to. Now, a lot of people are asking us questions. What are solutions? How can we... How can we slow the tide? How can we, you know, uh, practically? Well, I'd say one thing is we definitely need to engage countries in South America to help them be more stabilized economically. Uh, Because if other countries were in South America, they wouldn't be traveling here. That's just not South America. There are people coming from China. Russia. Middle East. Hungary. All over the world. They are coming through the borders, which means there are definitely terrorists coming as well. Um, Sales will be set up here and are in the U.S. that will require effort, and we pray to God that, I mean, they're in it for the long game, but we have to secure the borders. So once again, take care of South America, work with countries, develop trade relations that help strengthen their countries, and I know we can. Uh, The next thing is to stem the tide of drugs into this country Americans need to stop using drugs. Please accept some responsibility. People who are using drugs, it's not just you, the end user. There's a whole lot of people that pay a price for this. And the drug cartels are letting the flow of humans to come in so they can sneak their drugs in. I mean, while we're people are landing on the American side and rushing and, you know, and coming. All attention is paid to that. Well, you got another group that are just drug smugglers that under the cover of night, you know, are doing the same thing 200 yards from us. And believe me, this is a tactic and it's very well organized. The cartels are far more organized than people imagine. We started collecting wristbands that you must wear in order to cross the river. You just don't go to the river and cross it or any area, you know, uh, where the cartels are controlling it. You have to pay a price. You get in their system. It's pretty, it's more organized than people think. And even one of our first nights there, uh, we roll up on a position where the Border Patrol is, uh, the National Guard was, and um, we get out at this observation post. It was pretty amazing to see an individual standing there with a camera, a cell phone, recording us and taking pictures of us and our vehicle license plate. It was, they worked for the cartel. They were very blatant. Yeah. They were had no fear. Yeah, they're a coyote, they're a lookout. And folks, this, was, this wasn't on the Mexican side. This was not in Mexico. This was in America. And, you know, I got my dog and a and, uh, Border Patrol agent. We walked up to this individual and said, you know, the Border Patrol asked him, what are you doing? And they said, I'm with the media. And I was like, yeah, social media, you're just doing this for your camera. But, yeah, they, they were filming and taking pictures of, again, our, our faces, our license plate numbers. So it's you start putting pressure or hurting their flow or, of drugs or stem or hurt their business, they will put pressure on you. And I think that's where a lot of people are scared. But us, we've, we have faced ISIS multiple times. We still do work both in Iraq and in Syria. Uh, so we don't make decisions based on fear, comfort. Well, we, we come or prepared. Pride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We count the cost. Yeah. 
The other thing that I was so impressed with was the National Guard. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they were so committed to this. I know this is a job, but they're standing out there waiting for people to come in all hours of the morning. And day. It's 24-7. Yes, 24-7. They're kitted up. It's hot. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody that crosses over is innocent. So you have to watch. And that's the Texas National Guard. And hats off to them. Uh, our Border Patrol, Texas Department of Public Safety. Y'all, they are working. But there is a very not good federal level of pressure and support that they don't want people to take pictures or videos anywhere. And on secrecy. The there is secrecy. So we didn't get in because the government allowed us. We got in because there were people. Yeah, relationships. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, again, talking about the blame, drug users, people in America, I need to clean up your life. I mean, if you're going to smoke, swallow, snort, or inject drugs on your own recreational pleasure, know that you're part of the problem. And the cartels are counting on you to keep consuming Americans and people who visit America who come here and they're going to, you know, it's people. So next is we need to declare the Mexican cartels. Now, what I'm about to say is pretty heavy, but we need to declare the Mexican cartels as a terrorist organization. All of them, the three that we were doing. Doing this will open up national resources and assets that we can leverage against them. We can combat terrorist groups. Now, many of you know we have special operations team members, and uh, we operate as special operations in our organization, of all things possible, um, on several levels. But uh, speaking to our chief of operations, uh, retired Lieutenant Colonel Jeff Teagues, who was with Delta for 10 years and 25 years in, uh, in the special operations community, uh, he just said, man, if our government allocated the resources, tagged them a terrorist group, which they are, just sending in a squadron, just sending in teams, we could obliterate and insert so much risk into the cartels, things would change. So my question is, why not? Why not? Cartels and their very core basis is evil and wicked and they are a terrorist organization doing things for political gain and control. So I think we as Americans need to let our officials know it's time. It's time to label them as terrorist organizations. Well, and here's the scary thing coming up. We've got summer months coming up and the temperatures are going to be intensely hot. And this is where we know that there's going to be a lot of children dying, oh, a lot yeah. of people dying. Yep. And this is why one of the reasons we want to get a presence down there yeah. To, yeah. to provide water and shelter. Yeah. So these people at least have a chance. Yeah. Immediate help at the time of need, uh, including us being on the river and you're ready for this. We want to operate on the opposite side as well. So um, your prayers, your support make a difference. This is part one of several updates we're going to give you. Because many of you listening may not know, we're on over 450 radio stations around our nation right now. And we're so grateful uh, that God is providing for us to do that. Uh, It does cost money, and God is providing through people like you. So thank you for your prayers and your support, and tune in tomorrow. Because we're going to continue this conversation with my lovely bride. Uh, But we're excited to continue to share what we've seen and what we're doing on the border 
taking care of widows and orphans for God's glory. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, hey, do it for the glory of God. And thanks for being part of our team at All Things Possible, making a difference to help those who suffer from trauma and to protect the innocent women and children from evil. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.